Hey guys, welcome. This is the fifth episode of 10 out of 10 reviews, 10 out of 10 unsupervised children. Today we're going to be talking about some family stories because we have Thanksgiving coming up and we think it'll be a good time. Uh, as always, I'm Alex. I'm Michaela. And I'm Max. And we're here to tell you why everything in life is always a solid 10 out of 10. So before we get into our family stories, Michaela has a fun little segment and I'll let you introduce it. Yeah, so in the, the grand tradition of us being pretty anti-police, I found a fantastic news story this week. So I'm proposing that this will be uh, segment one of the new Frying Up Some Bacon segment. <laughs> occasionally we'll talk about cop news, I think, because we're passionate. So this story happened a little over a week ago in Detroit, a little place called Andover on the east side. I think that's a neighborhood. Of course it was in Detroit. Yep. And the Detroit police have a really difficult time. Andover is a pretty serious drug hub. It's where a lot of the sales are coming from, like into the rest of the area. Anyway, so a little while ago, some special operations officers from the 12th precinct, some undercover cops, were going to go and pretend to be drug sellers with the intention that some people would come and buy the drugs and then they would catch them for purchasing drugs. Uh, civil forfeiture their car, sell their cars, buy a margarita machine, as we know the cops do. And <laughs> so just who showed up to try to buy those drugs, though? Some undercover officers from the 11th precinct. Oh, it's a pig roast tonight, boys. <laughs> <laughs> so the 12th precinct were there, waiting for the, for the buyers to show up, and the 11th precinct show up, and they immediately pull their weapons, because as far as the 11th precinct know, They've got some very dangerous drug pushers here. So they pull their weapons and they say, get on the ground. And the 12th precinct, they're like, oh God, we, we just got gang robbed. So they pull out their weapons and they're screaming, get on the ground. And there's, there's, it's happening in an apartment complex. So there's civilians standing by watching the whole thing go down. And the civilians <laughs> can tell immediately, these are clearly both cops. They're pulling weapons and acting like cops. But both the police officer teams are assuming the other ones are just gang members trying to rob them. Punches are punched. Bullets are shot. Things are fired. No one dies, but people get hit in the face. And then they realize, oh, oops. <laughs> oh my god. It gets better. They interviewed a resident of the apartment complex, and here's what he had to say about the incident he just watched. You gotta have to have more communication, I guess. I don't understand what happened about that. Communicate, guys. <laughs> Damn. Thanks, random citizen of Detroit, for being way smarter than all of the cops, apparently. As far as I know, it hasn't been released, but there is a ton of body cam footage of the oh, incident. Oh my god, we're gonna have to find that. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, so I'm keeping an eye on that story because I want to see the footage, and I think it's the funniest thing. It sounds like a movie. It sounds like something that could happen in Super Troopers. <laughs> Holy shit. Just a bunch of stupid pigs showing up. Get on the ground! No, you get on the ground! <laughs> Why are they working together? They're in the same city. They were the 12th and the 11th precincts. They don't work together. They're two different regions. They're two different neighborhoods, I guess. They just shouldn't be allowed to both operate then, because clearly it's a problem. You know they were both so proud going into that sting? Mm. We got these. We got these dumbasses. I'm sure they didn't use the word dumbasses. They're police in Detroit. Yeah, obviously. They said the N-word. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not a Detroit police officer. I'm not racist. That's true. We're not filthy pigs. So... Segwaying. You know who else should communicate better other than the Detroit police? Us with our families. Ew. I hate talking to those people. They're the worst. No, we communicate with our families just fine. Yeah, I talk to my mom like once a month. It works. <laughs> That's usually to ask for stuff. I just texted your mom last night to ask, no, to show off the sushi rolls. Oh, yeah, our homemade sushi showing off the. My mom, to make her feel jealous. It worked. Oh, yeah, we made sushi last night. Yeah, it was fun. Sushi and getting drunk. It was a good time. <laughs> well, 
Well, today, so like I said, the reason that we're talking about family stories is Thanksgiving's coming up, and... You have to see your family, and it's hard. Yeah, it's really hard, especially, so this is me and Michaela's first year being married, and we have to decide whose family are we going to go see, what's the schedule we have to set up so we can go see everybody. I just, I hate it so much. Because all I really want to do is like sit down and just eat some fucking pie. I don't I don't really care who's in the room with me, but all of our families like, "Oh, we got to come by and say hello because we love you and care about you." It's like, "Come on, mom, leave me alone." <laughs> yeah, it's difficult because I've got family on my dad's side, family on my mom's side. You've got your mother and your father. So that's four Thanksgivings that I would like to go to. And then we have grandparents and then there's just too many damn people that feel like they deserve my attention. <laughs> <laughs> really all I want to do for Thanksgiving is absolutely nothing. The only thing I'm looking forward to is pumpkin pie. Right? That that's it. Pumpkin pie, I no, pecan pie. That's the pie to look forward to. Pecan. <laughs> I was gonna say pecan? Come on now. Fuck you. It's pecan. It's pecan. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> Assholes. <laughs> Shitting on me about the way I say pecan. Oh, God. It is kind of cool to see family on Thanksgiving, though. It's it's funny when you, like, grow up with people and you spend your time being, like, supervised by these people and then you're an adult and you, you want to be an adult, but they're, they're still like, let me make you a plate. I don't trust you to use a microwave. Or in our case, you were unsupervised and it's still that way. <laughs> yeah, we spent a lot of time unsupervised as kids, especially at our grandparents' house. It was the best. It was wild. I don't know why we were, why we were always allowed to go there. Because our parents are lazy and they didn't want to have to deal with children. My favorite stories all come from the field that was located next to our grandparents' house. And it was just just an undeveloped field of weeds. And sometimes they'd be like, hey, why don't you guys go wander around the field so that you're not in our house anymore? See, you're leaving out the most dangerous part. There were some big-ass train tracks that went right through the middle of the field that they not only didn't tell us to avoid, but encouraged us to play on. Yeah, we were told pretty much every time we were there to go up, eh, just go pull some railroad spikes. Just, eh, just go, go make it super dangerous for whenever the train comes by. So there's just a couple of kids standing on these railroad tracks, totally unsupervised, just pulling every railroad spike that we can get out. Probably barefoot or in sandals and no gloves, just yanking on, yanking on rusty railroad. Definitely yes. no gloves. Why would we have gloves? As far as, rust? as far as shoes... Who knows? I know that I wore shoes because that I'm sure we learned to wear shoes. Yeah, there was a there's a lot of broken glass in that field. But but yeah. when he says but when he says pulling out railroad spikes, we're not saying like, oh, you each get a railroad spike for like four people. No, we were taking like four or five each. Yeah, I think our most productive trip we had twenty or thirty of them. We, like, we literally had to send someone back for, like, a grocery bag to carry them home. What did you do with all the railroad spikes? I think we left them there. Maybe we just left them in the yard. You just put them in a pile next to the railroad? Or? No, no. We, no, we took them home to Grandma's and then just left them around. Yeah. I don't know what they did with them. Threw them away, put them back. <laughs> Who knows? I can just picture that just Grandpa going out every in like early in the morning, just hammering railroad spikes back in. <laughs> just pissed as hell. He's the one that told us to go get. He better not be pissed. <laughs> He's encouraging us to do that. Well, that wasn't the only thing he encouraged us to do. Yeah, Grandpa was a little bit of a little bit of a trip when it came to rules. There was that time that he told us to go outside and go play with matches. Hey, we learned some valuable lessons, like you don't need a box to strike a match. <laughs> we scared some little neighbor kids because we were playing with matches. And they were they were like, oh no, it's fire. And so we were striking them and like holding them at them. <laughs> <laughs> like they were damn wolves. 
Back, back kindergartners. But with little ass matches, so it was like this little five or six year old just scared up with matches because I don't know, can't be inside anymore. I guess we'll go do that. That happened a lot where they were like, just go, just go, go, inside. go somewhere, go, go away. walk, walk five blocks down the busy street to the Seven Eleven. Here's money for Slurpees. And I think a lot of people are going to assume that, well, that's not that bad. A lot of people used to just wander around their neighborhoods and play outside all the time. The problem is, is like three houses down from our grandparents, there was a known child molester that we didn't find out about until we were adults. And the funny thing is, across the street and down another three houses, there was another one. There was actually like a family. Wasn't there also a murderer in your neighborhood? Uh, that, that came later after we grew up. He wasn't a murderer until he decided to stab his what, girlfriend to death in front of her like 16-year-old daughter. Yeah, he was fine. As long as he wasn't a murderer yet. Yeah, he wasn't a murderer until we were like teenagers. Like, I think the one time we met him, he wasn't a murderer yet. Yeah. I can't imagine we met him after he was a murderer. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I think he went to prison. Yeah, for life. <laughs> yeah, for life. I guess that's good. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, no, no, yeah, it's good. Well, was that a question? <laughs> because it's a sad situation. Well, a then, woman like, is dead and a 16-year-old's an orphan. And so, like, I also want to be like, I also want to say that it's not like we were wandering around Provo. This was Magna yeah, that they I were letting us play Oh, this is shitty, poor neighborhood, and, you know, it's a filled to the broom with Hispanics. Dude, there are just as there are just as many shitty white people in Magna as there, there are, are Mexicans. so many shitty white people. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a little bit of a trip. They always had weird rules, though, things like. Oh, you can't watch The Simpsons on TV because it's too scary. So why don't you go in the other room and play with that sword cane that we have? Oh, that shit was so fun, though. <laughs> I remember being like, I remember being like maybe six, and like in a room. Oh, how big was it? It was probably a ten foot, like a ten square foot room, with like me and like five other kids in it. And this with this, it was like a good like three foot cane sword, and just like swinging it around at like full arm length in a room full of other children (laughs) and no one being like hey maybe don't do that because I think I was the oldest one and I was at that point maybe eight (laughs) and they were like Alex can handle this he he should be in charge he's eight years old I imagine there were severe injuries no 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 one ever got hurt all right one kid got pushed down the stairs but that was different (laughs) that was directly another kid's fault because he was kind of an asshole at that point. Who's the another kid? Danny. Okay. Danny Danny pushed Liam down the stairs. Like hard with both hands. Just <laughs> just full on walks up next to him and just BAM. No, because I remember it was like we were all single filing because they had like they had so that the front door you walk in the front door and then you could go up the stairs to the right to like their living area in the kitchen. Or you could go down the stairs to the left, and the down the stairs, it was only like a like a five or six stair. Mm-hmm. But so we were coming down that to go down into the basement, because that was where we would always play, because that was where no one would watch us. And we learned from an early age that it was fun when no one was watching us, because yeah. we could do whatever the hell we wanted. And so we were single file running down the stairs to get there, and all of a sudden, our cousin Liam just starts tumbling down the <laughs> stairs. And like... Danny's just behind him with his hands out a little bit and puts them down real quick. Now, did he fall down the long staircase, or did he get to the split level and then fall down the short staircase? We had gotten to the split level, so he just fell down the short case. That's better, I guess. It's a little bit better. (laughs) He still flew, like, headfirst down a flight of stairs. It might have been a short flight of stairs, but it was still headfirst down the stairs. As What if that was his inciting head injury? We got. We'll talk we can't about get into that. that. Later. We can't get into that right now. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think you want to like make these claims beforehand, so if something happens later, you can say you called it. But if we call him a potential school shooter in the podcast, and he ever hears it, then I have to try to tell him why he looks like a school shooter. 
And uh, you know what? If he can scroll through his own Instagram feed and not see it himself, then he's dumber than he looks. He did dress up as Ted Kaczynski for Halloween. Unironically. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst part. It was unironic. So, Ugh. among right. among swords and railroads and stair falling downing, there was there weren't injuries. No. Because I was not left unsupervised for more than 10 minutes at a time. I was I probably had an injury every week. I probably had burns all over my hands. I broke my nose as a toddler sitting quietly in church. <laughs> <laughs> I want to stop you there. I want I want to I want you to tell that story. <laughs> so, I am a baby. I'm maybe old enough to walk, but not well, and I'm sitting quietly in church and my head falls forward. And I smack nose first into the wooden box that holds the hymn books. And so I am gushing blood and screaming in the middle of sacrament meeting where it's very quiet and there's like a speaker. And so my mom, she grabs me, she swoops me up, she goes into the lobby outside the, outside the cathedral, I guess, is trying to like soothe me. And my nose is fucked up. It's torn up. It like is probably pretty clearly, I don't remember. I've not seen photos, but I assume you hit your nose that hard, it's going to be twisted a little bit, maybe? I don't know. My face is all fucked up. My dad comes out into the lobby because they can hear me screaming inside the cathedral, and he says, oh, what's going on? Oh, we should take her to a doctor. We should go. This is a real injury. So they take off in the car. They get to the ER, and my mom goes, oh, shit. We left Michaela's older brother in the church. Oh <laughs> and so they had to call and call until someone happened to pick up the phone that was inside the church because this is before cell phones to see if they could get someone to go sit with my brother because they forgot him wow wow we were doing reckless shit and we never got hurt <laughs> <laughs> one time we were camping and my grandma has a motorhome so I was in the motorhome with my cousin Danielle and my mom. My mom goes to the bathroom. So it's like two minutes I'm unsupervised. And in that time, I discover the cigarette lighter. I discover the cigarette lighter isn't hot. I'm like, oh, I bet you could, oh, I'm touching it. It's not hot at all. I'm cautious at first and then I realize, oh, it's broken. It's not dangerous. I put it back in. I go fetch my cousin Danielle. I go to show her, look, it's broken. It's not hot. And I press my thumb on it. But I had pushed it all the way in, so it was flaming hot. And I just go and put my thumb square on the end of a cigarette lighter. <laughs> I had to run out and, like, I have an injury and have to explain what the thought process was when I put my hand slowly and carefully onto the center of the cigarette lighter. Jesus. Oh, wow. You burned yourself on something that clearly has a hot do not touch sign on it. It wasn't hot the first time I tested it. <laughs> the first time I was careful, I held it like next to myself and noticed that it wasn't hot. And then I was, and then the second time I was confident. See, and we were allowed to play with my grandpa's table saw. I think that was that was fun. I might have been ten, so that makes Max eight. And we had discovered making our own swords out of two by fours that my grandpa had in the basement. Mm-hmm. And he shows me how to use the circular saw. To which he said, great idea. Let me show you how to use this power tool with no safety protection. Yeah, it was an old saw, so there was none of that. Uh, if you cut your hand, it's going to shut itself off. That's not. No, it's cutting right through your hand and just... whoever else's hand is on the wood. And so he shows me how to use it. And he's like, always push it with another piece of wood. You'll be fine. And then he leaves. <laughs> but... Something you have to keep, you have to, you have to remember, we were not quite tall enough to really reach up onto the table safely. So you were <laughs> arms over your head just peeking over the counter, you and weren't looking down at it? Because I remember specifically at one point, this was when they had like the computer down in the basement, we had pulled the wheeled computer chair into the room and I held it. While Alex got on his knees on this chair to cut the, the wood for our swords. Alex is leaning over a saw, kneeling mm-hmm. on a wheelie chair. I was holding it, though. <laughs> Max, the eight-year-old, was holding it. <laughs> we made some pretty cool swords, though. It was fun. And every time we wanted to get, we had to get, like, 
another two by four. We had to go into their storeroom, as every Mormon family has. Yeah. But I remember because they they are both hoarders, so it's overpacked to the point where it's dangerous to walk in there, where like stuff is balanced. Where if one thing falls, everything in the room falls. So I remember crawling under shelves full of canned food to get to the two-by-fours. Like one person would stand at the door and be like, if it falls, I have to go get help. (laughs) And then someone would go in. And it was whoever, and it generally was not me or Alex, because we weren't the youngest. We could force one of the youngers to do it. You would send the little ones to yeah. crawl through the tunnels to they get yeah. to the two-by-fours? Someone, you gotta send the ones that fit, and it no, wasn't gonna going. be me. I'm just not, I probably could have fit. I wasn't doing it. <laughs> I was the oldest. I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> That's not how this works. <laughs> and then another potential injury that I remember. There was a point when we were pretty little that they were rebuilding their back deck patio area, and so they had taken the old one off, and it was, like... You come out the glass sliding back door, and it's about three feet of, like, wood to a ten-foot drop-off that was just there. Just just ten feet straight down. And we were not told about it. (laughs) So here's us going out the back door, and it's just a ten-foot drop. (laughs) And so it's us jumping down ten feet to go play in the backyard. (laughs) It was fun. I guess you're all fine now. Yeah. Nobody got hurt. It all worked out. Somehow. Somehow no one got hurt. However, baby Michaela, my mom was kind of upset at me because I was too scared to go outside and play in a water fight. And baby Michaela, she's going, I don't know. They have those like super expensive super soakers, the constant pressure systems. They kind of hurt when they hit you. I don't want to play with them. And my mom's, she doesn't call me a pussy, but that's what she she means. <laughs> she tells me to go outside and toughen up and play. I think I'm outside for 20 or 30 minutes before I get hit in the ear <laughs> with one of those constant pressure super soakers that they don't make anymore because they're not very safe. <laughs> And I have ringing and water in my ear for like six or seven hours. See, you know, I remember stuff like that happening where we'd all be playing and someone would get what could potentially be a serious injury and it would kind of stop being fun for a few minutes. And be like, oh, no, they're fine. And then we'd just go back to whatever we were doing that could have severely injured that person. Do you remember playing on the broken, rusty trailer? Of course. And so this trailer, it was real old. It was all covered in rust. And... The way that it was built, it only had two wheels, so you could balance on it. And so we'd load as many cousins on one side, the smallest ones, and get all the bigger ones on the other side and try to push it down as hard as possible to fling them up into the air. Because <laughs> we, we wanted to see if you could, like, launch them up. And so we were like, okay, get into that end, get into that end. And it, like, would tilt all the way really fast for them all getting into it. It would all fall over immediately. <laughs> Onto this, and it was like one of those trailers where it was like a wood frame, and it had a super tall wooden chain link, mm-hmm. like gate. Yeah. Rusty as hell. Oh no. And it was them falling into that, <laughs> and then we would climb up on it, and they would fling it forward the other way, and they would roll down the thing towards us, they and then, have... we, and then we couldn't get out of it because because we couldn't <laughs> figure out how to weigh it properly to let people out. <laughs> so we would we usually ended up stuck in that for about twenty minutes. <laughs> Obviously, this happened more than once, so it couldn't have been. It couldn't have. It wasn't unfortunate for you guys. It was a pleasant experience. Yeah, this was fun. That sounds crazy. Something tells me they looked out and saw us stuck, and one of them was like, "Should we go help them?" And another one was like, "They'll figure it out." (laughs) They just wanted it to be quiet inside for a little while. Well, no, I think that was their style of, I guess, parenting was Mm -hmm. if they get themselves into a shitty situation, they'll figure out how to get themselves out of it. Yeah, because I remember we were encouraged to. So our grandpa was super into, like, canoeing. He still is. But we were encouraged to row it out to the middle of, like, any pond or lake that we went to and purposefully flip it over. To see if he could get back out? He didn't teach us how to do it the first time. (laughs) He was in it with us, I remember it. And he just was like, okay, guys, and flipped it. (laughs) That was so fun. I loved doing that. That was... I mean, bringing it back to shore sucked, but the flipping it over part was fun. But it made it worth it. Yeah. And it turned it into a game that that was all we did. We would we would give the younger cousins turns being in it when we flipped it. Because I could only supervise, like, one at a time. They had, and they had, like, two life jackets? Yeah. 
I was a strong swimmer. So I was they, like, so they want the younger kids. You put the life jacket on the younger kids. Yeah, the babies get a life jacket. We had we had that like foresight and like we were smart enough to be like, maybe the ones who haven't learned how to swim yet should get the life jackets. There were kids in the canoe who hadn't taken swimming lessons yet. Yeah, <laughs> we hadn't. We learned how to swim ourselves. At least I did. I don't know if Alex took it. I learned to swim myself. So this is the other side of the family, but my great-grandpa has a pool in his backyard, and he was a real proponent of sink or swim. And he'd just grab you, and he'd throw you into the deep end. And there's a lot of stories, not of me, but of other children, my aunts, uncles, my dad, of not actually being able to swim and people having to jump in and help them out. Otherwise, they would have drowned. Hmm. It's important to learn. Remember that time we improvised a pool in their backyard, in our grandparents' backyard? Improvised a pool? What? Grandpa, had, for some reason, he had this big-ass hole dug in the I backyard. I do remember that. And one of us genius young kids were like, what if we filled that with water? <laughs> and then got in it. And so we did that. It took us like three hours to fill it with water. And then we sat in it for like 20 minutes and we were over it. <laughs> and stood up and we were like dark brown from like our chests down. Because it was just a muddy hole. <laughs> you guys were like pigs in a cartoon. Yeah, we yeah. were. <laughs> we were. And everyone thought it was so funny. It was good. None of us got hurt, but we beat the shit out of some kids in the field one time. <laughs> you won a fight? Yeah, we did. Oh, it was to- it was. Oh no, we kicked the shit out of them. It was their fault too. They started the fight. Well, in, so we were in the so we were just in the field one time, and we were having I guess you could call it sword fights, but we were just there. And as we were playing in the field, we found some big ass sticks, and just started swinging them at each other. <laughs> I was like, learn how to block yourself. <laughs> Don't get hit. You learned. And then some other kids decided, some other kids from the neighborhood decided they were going to just join in. And I remember they hit one of the younger cousins who wasn't, who didn't know that they were playing. Oh, no. That they were, like, going to join in because we saw him coming. We were like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then they hit one of the younger cousins and it was like, nah. <laughs> and so we, like, ganged up on these two kids, like six of us, and just pounded them with these sticks for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so what's, what's important to note here? Me and Max were older than these two kids who came to join in the game two or three years at least. You know what? They should have said, hey, can we play with you? Instead of just hitting a small Instead one. Instead of just hitting the little yeah, kids. They started swinging sticks at us. That's not how that's going. And I remember that. We just went home and was like, let's not tell anybody that that happened. <laughs> and everyone was like, okay. This is the first time I think any of, any of us has told that story. <laughs> Absolutely no consequences. Nothing happened. There were never any consequences? No. No. I remember them thinking it would be fun for us to learn how to dig. So they would just give us big-ass shovels that were like double our height because we were children and send us out into this field to dig holes. (laughs) That was, And we were like, yeah, that's probably a game. That's fine. We're just literally going out into this field to dig ditches for no reason other than my grandparents don't want to deal with children. (laughs) <laughs> I think I understand why you like that show F is for Family so much Yeah, because I get it <laughs> you, were just, you were raised the way they were in the show in the 70s You're just... just having a good time I have no idea why those people had seven kids When they, they hated being around children <laughs> I mean, they clearly did with how much we'd go over there And then immediately be sent away do you got any other stories, Michaela? Any fun stuff? Um, I had I had some cousins. It was their house was weird as hell. There were times where we would get phone calls from my aunt, and she'd be like, "Hey, hey, I have some like housekeeping questions to ask you. How do you get nail polish out of carpet?" My mom would be like, <laughs> "Oh, you're just gonna want to scrub it up with like alcohol as fast as you can." And 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 the aunt she goes, "No, no, no it's it's probably like three years old." Jeez. And that was just kind of the standard of living at their house. Everything was a little bit sticky. The youngest, she, I don't think, wore clothes until she was five or six. That's reasonable. She didn't like them. She figured out how to take them off. The same youngest, she loved water in a way. She was fascinated. She was 
She loved it. She would drag a chair over to the refrigerator and just hold down the water dispenser and just shoot water on the floor. It was a brilliant time. She loved it. So they had to disable all of the water things on all the fridges. None of them worked. You had to drink out of the tap. But then she just learned how to turn on the bathtub. (laughs) Here's my favorite part. You'd think that an overflowing bathtub ruining the floor and ceiling of the lower level would happen one time. I think two or three times that happened. <laughs> so, so thinking about the kids not liking clothes, I think we have to talk about whenever it would get really cold, because this is Utah, so the winters were super duper cold, and we had to stay inside, we came up with this little fun thing called the Underoo Crew. <laughs> I forgot about that. I did too until just now. What's the Underoo <sighs> Crew? So us, the five of us, so me, Alex, and then our three younger cousins, We'll just strip down to our underwear and just run around. In the snow? No, inside. 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 (laughs) We'd ask my grandma to turn the heater up as high as possible, and we'd run around as close to naked as we could get. It was a good time. (laughs) It was like animals. Kids are weird. I would get over to my grandma's house and just immediately, like, strip down. Because, like, (laughs) I'm not wearing clothes. This is stupid. My grandma didn't care. It just became a thing. There would just be a pile of clothes next to their front door. Because everyone would walk in and be like, yup. Because you'd see the first one there and you'd be like, yup. It's time. (laughs) Jeez. I totally forgot about doing that. But yeah, I think nine-tenths of the time we were at my grandparents' house, just hanging out in our underwear. When you were doing the circular saw and climbing under the tin cans, was yeah. that? Yeah, No, yeah. That was all... Yeah, as long as we weren't outside, we were in our underwear. Sometimes in the backyard, it was fine. In the neighborhood with the, with the child molesters and an open backyard. Just a bunch of children running around in their underwear. Oh, no. Glad none of us got molested. As far as you know. No. I don't think we did. Now we gotta ask the other cousins at Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> I don't wanna like, do that. You, raise you your molested? hand if you've been molested. I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna know the hands that go up. <laughs> I think that'd be sad. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I'm just trying to enjoy pie. I don't need to think about molestation. My cousin spent, I think, probably three or four months trying to dig a pit to turn into an underground pool. They were gonna get it cemented and everything. And it got like a third of the way there. A kid got in it and couldn't get out. So they just filled it back up again. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with that pussy kid? I don't remember which kid it was, but some kids went in and didn't get out. And then there there wasn't going to be a pool anymore. It's dirt. You stick your hands in and climb up. If that has happened to us, the adult there would have been like, you better get out. Could you imagine having a kid that big? That would be amazing. (laughs) An adult would have been like, we're building a pool. You better get out of that. And then they'd have gone inside. I have a, a second cousin. It's my mother's cousin who was my age because of some second marriages. And they had buried their trampoline. But it's more fun to be underneath a buried trampoline than it is to jump on a trampoline. It's it's very cool in the summer. It's, yeah. it's a good time. Except she had younger brothers who didn't understand that concussions exist and you shouldn't jump on people who are underneath the trampoline I got hit in the head so many times because it was our belief was keep the shitty kids inside don't let them jump on the trampoline it never occurred to us not to be under the trampoline I've always had the belief that shitty kids should be kept inside and away from me <laughs> so I understand you speaking of trampolines you remember when we ruined our aunt and uncle's trampoline what did you do with <laughs> so we were just jumping on it and like one of us hit so it was one of those trampolines that had the nets around it. Yeah. And so we were just jumping on it, and one of us bounced into the net, mm-hmm. and it, like, came down halfway. Mm-hmm. And so instead of looking at it and being like, oh, we can just put that back up, we decided we're just going to take the net off. So it was like, okay, let's take the net off. And then it was harder to do that than we thought, <laughs> so we just cut the net off with a kitchen knife. <laughs> <laughs> you just ran inside. I need a steak knife real quick. We were like, that drawer. Yeah. <laughs> Took it, ran back outside with it. Sprinted with a knife. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then proceeded to cut this net off this trampoline. After we got it all the way cut off, we realized that the straps we had just cut were Velcro. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty liberal with the use of knives in that house. 
I remember being a really little kid. I don't know how old I was. I know it was before kindergarten. And I've decided I want an orange. And my grandma's like, okay, here you go. Do you need some help peeling that? And I say, no, I'm an adult. I don't need help peeling this. I'm maybe five. <laughs> and so I go into the drawer, I grab a big old knife, and I start cutting the orange. And I, I kind of just stab into it to cut it because I don't understand what I'm doing. I'm so a little you're, kid. You're palming it in one hand and just pressing the knife. Yeah, and just stabbing myself repeatedly in the hand. <laughs> I cut my hand so many times and it's just like being covered in orange juice so it hurts so bad. And my grandma's like, are you, are you sure you don't need help? <laughs> I'm like, no, grandma, leave me alone. Didn't just take it from him and do it for him. <laughs> Didn't ask him if his hand was okay. <laughs> just offered to help him peel the orange. I'm impressed at baby Alex, though. My hand is cut open and bleeding and full of orange juice, but I'm going to eat this goddamn blood-covered orange. They weren't big cuts. They were just little, like See, little nicks. No, that kind of shit happened all the time. You were just doing something. You cut your finger a little bit. It starts to bleed. It's like, ow, bam. Back to what I was doing now. <laughs> it happened. And then you just run your hand under some cold water. No, I spent a, I spent a major portion of my life with tissue paper tourniquets, just toilet paper wrapped as tight as you can. <laughs> I want to get blood on my clothes. What a baby. I want to get blood on my clothes. Or I remember we went to... I can't remember how old we were. I think we were a little bit older. I think we were... I think I was eight. And so Alex was ten. And I remember we had gone to like a fair that was in a parking lot nearby. And our grandparents had bought us all like potato guns. And told us to shoot each other with them. To just go play with them. Are they the full size, the thick pipe where you no. shoot a whole potato? They're, you have so to they're stab the little guns the that you stab it into the potato, but it still hurts. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's high pressure air being shot, getting a little chunk of potato shot at you with. It still marks your skin. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, go play with those. My cousin ruined my marshmallow gun. We had the PVC pipe marshmallow guns, and I you can put like three in and blow out all three at a time, and that's pretty fun. And then my cousin Haley, she put like seven of them in mine, and then it, they were jammed. Instead of telling me, she decided to run hot water through it, because the melted marshmallow will flow right out, right? <sighs> and then I didn't have a marshmallow gun anymore. <laughs> this is why I hated babies as a kid. Haley's my age. I hate... It didn't matter. Do you know what babies meant to me as a little kid? So Max is two years younger than me. And Max was always okay. I never cared. Me and Max were good pals. But my cousin, who was three years younger than me, he's a damn baby. Get him out of here. <laughs> not dealing with that. I'm not taking care of babies. No, because you could always get get us to do shit. <laughs> like, I remember the time you convinced us, because, like, for some reason, so for some reason, in our grandparents' basement, there was just a drain in one corner, and I'm not sure why it was there. Sex dungeon. I hope not. That's disgusting. <laughs> but at one point, Alex had convinced me and another cousin that it was an actual drain. Mm-hmm. So we peed in it. <laughs> I don't remember this. And for about three weeks, the basement smelled like pee. And nobody knew why, except for us. You don't remember I peeing? Have, I, I didn't pee. He didn't pee. Oh. No, he didn't pee. Oh. He convinced me and another cousin to pee into the drain. I he was like, no, you guys, because we had to go to the bathroom or something, and someone was in there. And we, were, we both did. And this was times you just pee in the same toilet, because you were little kids. And he was like, no, you can pee there. No, you should pee there. <laughs> I think I think baby Alex didn't fully understand how most house fixtures work. Because I'm told that Alex's childhood home, there's just fistfuls of little plastic ninjas in all the vents. There was a fistful of little plastic ninjas in one of the vents. <laughs> and that was in my room. And that was because my grandparents lived with my parents for a little while while a new house was being built. And they were in the room directly underneath me. And I discovered I could talk into the vent, they could talk up into their vent, and we could talk to each other. And so I figured, hey, I ought to be able to drop a ninja in there, and it'll fall out the other side. (laughs) And so I did it. I went down there. I was like, there's no ninjas here. This is weird. Let's try again. (laughs) <laughs> you did it with like a thousand ninjas I had fistful of these little like fists full of these little ninjas because they were just out of like those little machines you pop a quarter into and turn the handle so I just had a million of them 
Yeah, I remember we would get the we'd always get the sticky hands. Oh yeah. And then like ten minutes they would be unstickable. Yeah, they were disgusting. And your parents never told you that you could just wash them and they'll get sticky again. You no. can just wash them and they get sticky again. We had no yes, clue. you can just wash them and they'll get sticky again. I didn't know that. They just wanted us to throw them away. <laughs> they were sick of them because yeah. I was slapping it all over. It was like bang, 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 on everything that it would stick to. Yeah, if you I was have a, having a great time. <laughs> if you have a sticky hand or like a, there's these water-filled sticky toys, and you throw them at the ground, and they'll splat, and then they'll like retract, and they'll come up back into a little circle. It's the funniest thing. You can just cover them in powder, and they won't be sticky anymore, like flour or baby powder or whatever. And you can just wash them, and then they'll be sticky again. Your huh. parents never told you to wash your your sticky hands when they weren't sticky. You no, just they threw said, them in the garbage. They said throw them away because they were annoyed. Yeah, that's a that's a very common theme throughout our childhoods. Is I don't want to deal with the kid right now. Throw it away or go away or stop making noise, please. I still feel that way about your siblings in their in their teens. Go away, stop making noise. I hated those guys when we were little <laughs> kids. I I didn't want to play with the babies. Just a bunch of damn babies. Leave me alone. I love the babies. It's mostly the bird that gets to me. That's why it was always cool, though. I like our grandparents' house because they were so much younger than us that they got all the attention because they were actually just babies. And so everyone would be like, oh, babies, babies, and we could just go do whatever the fuck we wanted to. <laughs> yeah, it was the best. We got to cut out the part where I said I didn't like the babies because they listen and I do like the babies. <laughs> we're leaving it in. No. <laughs> were you guys allowed to watch... Like, grown-up movies as kids? So, it kind of differed where we were. Because, like, for the longest time, my parents tried to censor me on movies and TV shows. And eventually, as I got older, they just gave up. Because they figured, oh, I'm just going to watch them anyway. Because why, why would I not? And But then, when we, whenever we were at our grandparents' house, they had the weirdest rules. Where it was, we weren't allowed to watch... The Simpsons on TV because it would it was because I remember specifically it was a Treehouse of Horror episode and there was yeah it was a Treehouse of Horror episode yep and it made one of our other cousins scared mm-hmm. and so we had to turn it off and change it to like Cartoon Network or some bullshit but then I remember being eight years old and our grandpa coming in and being like have you guys seen Alien yet and then putting it on for us and going to bed <laughs> It was awesome. But it was super weird because as long as it was a movie that they liked, it didn't matter what it was rated or why it was rated that. But then anything else, no. I guess we had a similar rule about sugar cereal in the house. You couldn't eat sugar cereal unless it was Frosted Flakes because my mom likes Frosted Flakes. Oh, I got Cap'n Crunch for Christmas a couple years in a row. I was stoked as hell about it. (laughs) Huh. All right. See, talking about sugar cereal, I'm sure that was a health thing for your Mm -hmm. parents, right? So at our grandparents' house, Grandma always had, like, the chocolate milk powder, and she was always letting us make our own chocolate milk because I'm an adult grandma. Let me do it. Mm Mm-hmm. I put like 20 spoonfuls into a regular-ass glass of milk. To the point where you're just like eating powder with a little bit of milk in it? (laughs) It's just mud. I was having a great time. And my grandma was like, are you sure you really want to put that much in there? I was like, yeah, grandma, I do. She was like, duh. (laughs) Okay. And grandma was like, yeah, she didn't care. I'm in in my 20s and sometimes Susan will still make pink milk for me because I use too much syrup. (laughs) (laughs) I remember we figured out that we could make milkshakes in the blender Yeah. and we would put so much peanut butter in them (laughs) that you couldn't drink them (laughs) you had to eat them with a spoon you had to eat them with a spoon do you want to know why there was that much peanut butter in there why Alex because I was the one in charge of making it I love peanut butter (laughs) it was my favorite thing oh I wasn't complaining I love peanut butter too (laughs) it was just they would let us use the blender whenever we wanted. So we would just be like up at like two in the morning. Man, I want to make a milkshake. Make a milkshake. <laughs> no one ever complained. They told us where the ice cream was, where the milk was, where anything that would go into it was. And we're like, have fun. 
I'm sure your parents heard the blunder, like, from the kitchen, and was just grateful they weren't dragged out of bed and forced to make a milkshake. I mean, that's possible. No. I don't think they heard anything when they went into their room. It feels like they should have intervened if they did, (laughs) actually. Because something tells me we were using the biggest knife possible to cut up bananas. Because we were unsupervised children. (laughs) The only meal that we would eat there was what we called cheese bread. (laughs) Oh, cheese bread. Now, what cheese bread is, is a good slice of white bread. You cover it in butter. And then you just put as much cheese on it as you think you can fit. In my grandma's fridge, there was always just a huge block of cheese, like one of those $20 blocks that's like five pounds or whatever. And she was like, you know what? Yeah, you guys cut your own cheese. You can make this meal all by yourself because it only takes the microwave. So I'm cutting like half-inch thick slices of cheese and put two of those on one slice of bread. Holy shit, we were just given knives all the time. (laughs) Well, it worked out. Alex has much better knife skills than I do. It's true. I know what I'm doing now. We did have to learn ourselves, though. It was fine. I don't think I ever got cut making cheese bread. There's 20 fingers between the two of you, so... Yeah, we're all good. That's true. That is true. Max had to count his fingers for a second. (laughs) (laughs) I watched it happen. You never know. We had a weird childhood. (laughs) So back onto the topic of censorship. I want to talk about my parents a little bit and when I was a really little kid Ooh, I hurt their feelings by 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 I was in shock when I heard this story and I think I hurt their feelings so when my parents were new parents and I was like three or four years old they didn't understand that they couldn't just let me do literally whatever I wanted And so one of our favorite family activities when I was a really little kid was we'd sit down and watch South Park together. And the episode aired where Corn comes to South Park and there's a necrophiliac. Oh, of course. And at the time, my parents thought, oh, that that was pretty funny. You know, good thing Alex can't understand what's happening. The next weekend, when we're at my grandma's house, I ask her, Grandma, do people really like to have sex with dead people? <laughs> because I was, I was capable of understanding and remembering that that was the subject matter and asking, like, is that a real thing? Are people really doing that? And instead of being an adult about it and being like, sometimes, but that's bad, she decided she was going to freak out. Well, she did tell me that, yes, people do. That's a real thing that happens. It's gross and it's wrong. Like, she was up front with me, but she did freak out and tell my mom that she was being a bad parent because how could you let him watch that? That's a show for adults. He's just a little kid. And from then on, my parents were only barely more observant of the shows that I I was watching. See, I remember stuff like that would always happen where we would be over there and they had a TV in another room Mm -hmm. and we would close the door to watch TV. No real reason. We weren't ever watching anything that we thought we would get in trouble for. Yeah. But I remember it got to a point where we would stop letting some of the younger kid cousins in with us because they were annoying. Yeah. And to get allowed into the room, all they would do is go and tell an adult that we were watching South Park. Which and that's true. why we weren't letting them into the room. And that would usually end up with one of them coming in to yell at us mm-hmm. about, one, to change it, and two... Don't exclude cousins, which was always the most important yeah. of those two lessons, was don't exclude the younger cousins. But we were never actually watching South Park because I understood that they could see what I was watching because they had the Comcast on demand and we used that to watch shows. And so I understood there's a history available there. They can see what we're watching. If they see we're watching that, we're going to actually get in trouble. You know, it's really funny, though. They didn't know how to use that. Really? And I didn't we know figured that. it out when we got older and we're like, why the fuck aren't we watching whatever we want to watch? And just started doing that. We'd wait for them to go to sleep and just watch whatever we wanted. Because <laughs> they would just they just had movies on demand. Didn't know how to see what we were watching. Yeah. And we just wouldn't say anything about it if they were around. 
My my mom was pretty mortified when I at family dinner was like, do, do people really like is that a real thing, Grandma? And so she told me like you can never watch that show again. We kept watching it. <laughs> I have more memories of watching that show. I remember my aunt and uncle taking me to the movie when it came out. <laughs> Your parents just had to say that because they were in front of Grandma and Grandpa. Yeah, they they just didn't care really. I could do whatever I wanted my whole just my whole life at my parents' house because well, as long as you're not breaking the law, yeah, do it. I don't care. It's not my problem. I wasn't supposed to watch Cow and Chicken, Angry Beavers, Two Stupid Dogs, Ren and Stimpy. I couldn't watch SpongeBob or Shrek at the Mueller's house because the Mueller's weren't allowed to watch SpongeBob or Shrek. But I was allowed to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's one of my earliest memories. Why wouldn't you be allowed to watch Shrek? I don't know. They weren't supposed to watch Shrek. Hmm. It was inappropriate somehow. The Mueller's are deciding that that's inappropriate. Is that is that too annoying for them for for the Mueller's? <laughs> it's too much. Alex is easily overwhelmed by the Mueller's. <laughs> sounds like he's a little more than overwhelmed. <laughs> I hate kids. <laughs> I hate them. When we were in Oregon with my family, uh, just the summer before this past summer. Mm-hmm. Two well, years ago. Yeah, so we're in Oregon at a family reunion, and we're all hanging out, and my cousin Danielle, she's married this guy who has a bunch of babies, and one of the kids comes running in and just throws a pair of dirty underwear into Danielle's face, and she's like, not mad, this is just like part of the joke, and so she like throws it back in his face, and she's like, whose underwear are these? And he goes, they're not mine, I found them on the floor, I think they're Parker's, and Parker goes, those aren't mine, and then Jaren or Tyler, someone, this 25-year-old from the other room goes, How'd my underwear get up here? <laughs> so Danny just got this grown-ass man, her half-brother's underwear, like, just chucked into her face. That's unfortunate. And it it wasn't an upsetting scenario. They all acted like there was nothing weird about it. Hmm. I don't think Alex was... I think Alex was in shock. All right, guys, so what are we going to call our families? I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10, totally unsupervised. <laughs> I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10, sharpest tools in the basement. <laughs> I'm gonna give it ten out of ten. It's okay to watch Shrek, I think. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that looks like that's it. So thank you guys for listening. You can find us on all kinds of social media on Twitter and Facebook and Tumblr. All of those are at ten out of ten pod. That's one zero O U T T A one zero P O D. And you can always shoot us an email at 10 out of 10 pod at gmail.com. And as always, I'm Alex. I'm Michaela. And I'm Max. And thank you guys for listening.